Good morning, everyone. So, as I said that when I was coming, entering, and I, I thought I'll share this little thing that happened to set the tone for the talk. Um, Brother Vladimir asked me that do you want to stand there? So, uh, a line of John Milton flashed in my mind. They to serve who stand and wait. Not only they who stand and talk, but they who stand and wait. And uh, this line flashed across as a uh, one of the perfect examples of what really effort means. And to take another example, so a few examples to start with. So we were about to start the talk and uh, Vladimir was trying all methods up his sleeve from raising the syllable note of Om sound levels so that everything is quiet. Now, quiet, is it effort? Sounds very paradoxical to just be quiet. But if you are not quiet, how do we receive the voice? Shall I say the voice of God? There is a beautiful line in Savitri. This light comes not by struggle or by thought. In the mind's silence, the transcendent acts and the hushed heart hears the unuttered word. When we use the word effort, this is what is always good to remember. Effort is not about straining oneself. So when we use the word concentration, it's like we are straining, we must sit and all stifled up. It's just the contrary. Because when we strain ourselves, we put in what is called as egoism in the effort. That's how the mother describes in one of her, her prayers. And this egoism in the effort itself veils the divine presence, which is anyways there. So people often ask this, you know, how do we find the divine? Well, it's a paradox because uh, that which is all the time present in everyone, everything, in every element of creation. So what do we have to do? There are veils which veil us. And the biggest veil is the veil of the ego. The sense that I am there, I am so important to myself, I am so important even to God. So we expect the whole machinery of the universe and the divine and all the gods and everybody in the family and universe to act to satisfy my desire, demand, wishes. If we look at it, how absurd this is and yet all our efforts go towards strengthening this illusion. It's, it cannot be true. Just imagine that, you know, if the whole universe is created only to <laughs> fulfill my wishes and God also is like a genie in the bottle to fulfill my wishes. So, when we use the word effort, it, it implies many things. So, immediately we think effort means what, what do I do? Um, in terms of how do I meditate? The first thing that comes to everybody's mind is meditation. And I often give this example that uh, the perfect example of uh, what really effort can be in everyday life is the Gita. 
So, Shubhendu speaks about it in his Bengali writings that the Gita is not given in a hermitage. The setting is very interesting. It's not given in the hermitage. It is given in the middle of the battle, during a moment of crisis. And what really happens in that moment of crisis is very interesting. And it connects with how we, you know, all the time Arjun has been with Krishna. And he regards him as his friend. He has spoken things to him and Krishna has also responded like a friend. Suddenly he realizes that he's not, he's my friend, but he's there with me and there is something which is uh, so mysterious and probably he has an answer and solution to all my issues. And there he turns to him and says, Shishyastiham sadhimam. This is the act, meaning thereby I... Uh, Accept me as a disciple. I bow down, to surrender to you as a disciple. So people often ask that, how do I know that uh, Shobindo or, well, I am talking in this context, has accepted me as a disciple, if the thought and the feeling and the urge and the aspiration has occurred, it itself is a sign that there is an acceptance because it cannot happen otherwise. Normally we think it's, me who tries, then divine responds. This is how people... But actually it's the other way around. First, the divine has chosen, picked up, and a time comes when we become aware of it. And that's how we see the Gita starting starts in a grand way that Arjun has been chosen since, since a long time, since this, way beyond this life. But Arjun doesn't know. He realizes that he has been chosen at the battlefield of, on the battlefield of Kurukshetra in a moment of crisis. So, it's not, this whole thing should be reversed. It's not that we are putting an effort, therefore God will respond. Because this is how our tendency is. Our tendency is when somebody does something to us, then we should respond. But uh, that's not how the divine operates. He responds. When the time has come, he picks us up. And that's why we see now, um, today for example, we have so many of us coming from different places. It's because somewhere he has called, he has picked up and we may not realize it. But a time comes when we realize it and we begin to think that I should also do something. Two more examples. Uh, after all, you know, in the morning we were reading that the, it is the divine Shakti that accomplishes everything. So what is the role of effort? So two more examples, uh, I am picking up from Indian homes, uh, maybe very much the same everywhere. So moms like to cook for their uh, child. Uh, so when they are cooking and the child comes and he is, you know, uh, he wants nowadays, you know, uh, mom I want Maggie noodles. It's like a big pain, trauma to the mother's heart. Everybody talks about trauma to the child for a change, you know, trauma to the mother. She has spent time preparing delicious food, nutritious food, healthy food and suddenly he says, I want Maggie. So it's a big letdown for the mother. She holds her breath. <laughs> and why? Because he wants something quick. And what is quick is Maggie. But the mother knows that this may be quick but not necessarily good. So many times things that give us instant results we should be a little wary of that. Divine does not deal with that kind of an ATM card swipe and you, you know, get money you have put in. Sometimes he takes away your ATM card and, 
and says, don't worry, I am your ATM card. So what does the mother say? She says, you wait or you, you play. The child is sent out, he's playing games. And then he comes back and mother says, you, you take your bath or you wash your feet. I'm talking of way back, beautiful uh, Indian household that uh, you know goes back in my memory that you go take your bath and then come back and you sit and then by the time you come food is ready. So what was all this paraphernalia about? It was so that I can enjoy that delicious dish that has been prepared out of love. It's not a dish. For us it's food but for the divine it's love. She had poured her heart into that dish and she is offering us that. But to receive that love, there must be a readiness. That's how the mother speaks in, um, is there in volume 10, where she says something very interesting. There is an aphorism of Sri that you know, one of the ways of curing evil is not to look at it, but look at the goodness, the beauty, uh, um, and you know, whatever is beautiful side of things. So the disciple asks that, how can we cure it if we do that? And she gives a long commentary based on how Buddhist thought operates. Raj Yoga also is like that. And um, toward the later part she says, this way we don't have to bring in that element of love. But if you ask me which is the power that transforms, it is love. And then she speaks about the difference between purification and, uh, and the power of love. She says the power of purity dis- dissolves and then creates. But love transforms without dissolving. She uses the word, it's like a leave-in that changes you from inside. Love transforms without really the need. That's how she has brought this love so that there is no more pralaya, no more that dissolution. That is the power of love. And then she says, but however, Sri says that there must be a certain degree of readiness in man to receive it. Because if he is not ready and he receives this love, that's why psychologists often debate how much love to be given to a child give love it will not do any harm as a psychiatrist okay fine (laughs) but (laughs) you can never give enough of love Uh, only thing is that quality should be correct that's what is important so she says there has to be readiness in mankind because if it's not ready you see I I have seen I'm sure everybody knows uh, it has happened in the um, uh, people who were very close to mother. So I have seen two kinds of uh, people. One who uh, who became very humble. And when people went to them that, Oh, you are so great. And you know, you were so close. <laughs> Say, we know who is great. And they became so humble because they were touched by infinity. And they felt so humbled by that experience, by that contact of the Divine Mother that they could keep their head in the right place in the shoulders and their heart in the right place. But there was another kind which also we have met it happens to people it's not about good or bad who took it into their head and took it that oh we have received the touch of infinity we are no ordinary mortals. So you see uh, if one is not ready to receive that touch it may be very uh, even dangerous. So the divine The whole preparation and effort is to prepare to receive that. So this was one example. Second example is uh, of a father who is um, a very rich, super rich dad. And uh, he, you know, a wise dad doesn't just pass on the uh, kingdom to the son. (laughs) So we have this story in uh, Mahabharata. I'll touch from there. So we all know that um, the Pandava brothers... 
they suffer at the hands of duryodhana and you know they have lost the game of dice very unfairly it's very clearly deceitful and they are banished for 13 years to the forest and guess who is their friend the embodied divine krishna so he is supposed to rescue them all time <laughs> so my <laughs> doesn't do anything they go to the forest and then you know after 13 years they come back and leaving aside many reasons why he does not intervene there are historical reasons there are psychological reasons but one of the thing is that he is preparing yudhishthir to uh, one day inherit not the crown of thorns but the crown of dharma that he must govern the kingdom and he must be so impeccable in dharma that he cannot there is no scope of making mistakes once he ascends to the throne so he must prepare himself through very hard sacrifice and toil all this was decided that one day they are going to take the throne and shri krishna reveals that to arjun but yet they must go through that process because they must deserve he must deserve be ready so that when he is sitting on the throne he should be able to uh, be the rightful um, you know god of dharma that he is and conduct life as properly so a lot of effort is precisely so that we are ready to receive the divine so when we understand it like he can give us there is no doubt about it and there are so many instances and examples that he his touch can completely conversions which shobindo says are scandalous in the spiritual history of mankind we have the story of ratnakar changing into valmiki and jagai and madhai in indian mystic thought by chaitanya mahaprabhu angolimal into anand and saul of tarsius by the touch of christ but why they won't do it instantly to everyone and everyone so this is the reason that well the divine is capable of doing if he cannot do that then obviously uh, omnipotence is but are we ready to receive it that is the touch there is a line in savitri Uh, she bore the touch of that that slays and saves so it slays the ego are we ready for that so this is why the effort is to receive the divine and we can take beautiful ways of looking at it that if if actually mother and shivinda here so i can't use that example but let's say that before the conference started we are inviting them mother come to the conference be here while we are how would our conduct be how would we um, do things what will be the degree of joy that we will experience physically they are going to come be seated here right there how would we be in everything and we'll see that from that point things begin to change within us so what was the uh, ultimate rule in the ashram people uh, shubhendra was not in favor of rule he gave lot of freedom so uh, why he could give so much freedom that logic is only one that only the supreme can give infinite freedom because he knows that he calls the last shot so there are several stories about it but anyways so um, uh, this freedom could be given by shubhendra and the mother because they knew that how ultimately from within they held the key from inside so this kind of a preparation that when the divine has to come how i should be to receive so people often say that why purification is necessary it is true that the divine touch will purify but if we can make an immediate some clearing to receive how much more better because when the divine comes all the elements which are gathered inside 
how they can how they are going to react we don't know because the pressure and touch of the divine uh, not only um, opens the doors of ascension it opens the subconscious den because they do seek after all after all when the divine comes it's not only the human human in us but the animal in us the rakshasa in us the asura in us everybody says we to have a chance Here, this line of Narada as he descends and as he sang, the demons wept with joy because they knew that they have long suffered and endured and laboured, and their end is coming near. So they too are going to wake up. So if we can do an initial clearing, otherwise it can be very disorienting. So this effort in yoga has to be understood as the ways and means to receive the contact of the divine. People often say that why doesn't he reveal himself? Well, uh, even to look at the sun for ten minutes. Uh, footnote: Please do it uh, under your own at your own risk. Is <laughs> difficult enough. <laughs> Imagine coming in contact with that out of which millions of universes spring. So once we understand the enormity and the tremendous nature of the task that Shirdin and the mother have ta- undertaken. Then we understand why he speaks of effort. What is this effort about? So this effort operates at several levels. One is, of course, the physical effort. The second is psychological effort, and the third is the uh, spiritual effort. It's the one which is going on behind. So physical effort, we all know. You know, uh, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, it's not the physical effort, but the reason why one is doing it. is important so once um dropadi says this to krishna that i know that every time one comes to meet the divine there is uh, the 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 result that comes is of thousand ashwamedh yagyas now of course it looks oh this is all another mythological story but look at it this way when we go all the way let's put it i'm putting it in one way to to the shirobindo ashram to you know bow down at the samadhi so people say this you know he is inside why do you need to go very true but poor body must participate in the yoga when it does that it is ready to receive through the journey and you know one forgets everything the moment one reaches there example of you know so many people but then if one cannot do for some reason well serve the divine this is the effort of the body through which we come in contact so initially the divine draws us indirectly somewhere we hear a word somewhere something from some place sometimes decades back but for the rest there is a slow preparation going on and then it a time comes when suddenly uh, a veil is rent and what was right in front of us that becomes evident one of the things that i remember from my uh, medical college days was there was a friend of mine and with whom we would walk together um, every evening for two years and we were discussing all about uh, very um, what we thought were high things uh, all about divine everything vegetarianism we must logically discuss atoms and divine and everything so two years we used to Uh, he to became a psychiatrist. I think we all become a little crazy, uh, seeking, or we have to be a little crazy to to, <laughs> to 
follow after the divine better to be crazy that way than sanity of the kind that we endorse all the time but nevertheless so the strange part was that many years passed and later on he uh, he's also in the us now and um, uh, but before he came here i went to visit him uh, to cut a long story short he gifted me the secret of the vedas and i was so touched i said oh my god because then i had purchased this synthesis of yoga and things were beginning to happen so i said i didn't know that you know you have uh, uh, you have been reading shrivinder he said all the time i said come on you never told me about it he said yeah you never saw you never asked and then he told me that even mother's blessing packet used to be there see this preparation is so important and the divine knows when we are ready first visit to pondicherry and i went to see the ashram and uh, i didn't know that there is an ashram and there is an oroel i was living in that extreme wideness and of course even now so as i got down from the bus me and my wife the auto rickshaw came and said uh, oroel we heard the word oro and for us yes that's it <laughs> and on top of it he says matri mandir ah there must be a mandir <laughs> For an Indian, you say mandir, मतलब that the place. <laughs> so we go to Aravil. There is no mandir. We don't see anything there. And a Frenchman comes and takes us to breakfast. And we have stayed for two days, loved it, and came back. And I thought we have gone to the ashram. And imagine why I couldn't go to the samadhi, even though I went up to Nehru Street. Those of you who know Aravil Batik is there, as close as that, I didn't go. now later on i realized because i had these crazy ideas in the mind nobody you should worship what is this people make tombs for the dead and you know they have this picture i was all that you know liberal <laughs> thinking <laughs> so divine said don't worry i'll conceal myself i'll come to you the way you want to connect with me so people told me later on i came to know that i missed something called the ashram but i thought i have missed nothing what is there this is a samadhi i said oh that's okay anyways i am glad i didn't go it's so it's fine the next time when i went i said what a fool i am uh, you know my rational mind had made a fool of myself because the moment i touched i realized what 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 i missed so this i am recounting that many in life we, when we look back as we were reading today we see that uh, even there is a kind of uh, he is may, he makes us do the effort but even he is directing the effort so it is he who ensured that the auto rickshaw came and took me all the way to horoville where is my effort the direction of my effort was ashram and it was all changed because well uh, that's the readiness so we need to have this background of this divine working and carrying us through in many many ways so there is the physical effort physical effort where the very body is involved but this effort what is going on inside in our psychological being is what really counts one may live in the ashram so we have now the other side for all one's life but it may only feed the ego that i am somebody from the elite club member of the elite group somebody very special so it's the physical but behind it is the psychological psychological means what is my motive attitude all this i need to constantly keep on reorienting correcting and life gives us so many opportunities the mother speaks about this uh, in one of her prayers early prayers so she says uh, the number of hours of contemplation should always be balanced with the 
hours when we are dealing with everyday life because that's where yoga is taking place when we are off guard so when we are sitting in contemplation we have closed our eyes or whatever and then you know we are meditating and it's all wonderful and then somebody comes and says this is not how you meditate and suddenly oh you want to teach me how to meditate so you know i have lost it so well many such things happen i have seen people come out very angry someone had asked the mother that mother he meditates so much but he is so angry when he comes out of it she says yes it has not changed anything in him she she said that that you know it's not about the number of hours we spend in meditation she speaks about it it is the attitude with which we go through life so when we deal with everyday life is the divine is at the center so that's what i was talking about the rule that shirbindo gave and it was a very beautiful golden rule and i think if we can just make an effort to keep that in our head and heart and our consciousness life would change and the rule that was given in the ashram the one and only rule that too after people asked because shirbindo used to deal very differently his his way i mean imagine amrita coming for one year i am putting the rule on pause so amrita coming for one year and he was a 15 year old lad who would talk to shirabindo in tamil for one hour and shirabindo who hardly knew tamil he knew tamil but not like a fluent speech and amrita didn't know anything about english so shirabindo with his impeccable english time to time will say yeah something you know yes and then after one year he says i don't know Uh, he would allow me for one hour i'll talk to him and uh, i don't know uh, why did he allow me because he used to tell him all about his school problems and all the problems in his house now sometime we may say what is that got to do with spiritual life people often ask well spiritual life is about growing in union with the divine and the union starts with contact it doesn't matter where we are whichever point of contact the if the contact starts with this that i am burdened with life's worries and i speak to the divine speak so people often ask the next question will he uh, answer i said yes but you may not like his answer that's a different story he may solve the problem he may not solve the problem if he thinks which is better shubindra says that all prayers are heard but not all are answered the way i would want it to be and then he says why should they is god an automaton that you put uh, you know 2 dollars and you get a coke bottle instantly he may not you may put 10 times and he may not why because he knows now that this is the fellow i have caught him <laughs> so so this contact with the divine is the effort and this contact initially takes place in many ways we spoke about reading the books as a contact remembering the divine is a contact prayer is a contact it's something very unique and beautiful to human beings i fancy that sometimes when i look at animals i feel they are also praying the dumb prayer of four footed things sometimes when you look at a plant trees especially in the evening there is this feeling that they are praying but human beings have this exceptional privilege among the many privileges that we have one of the privileges that we can pray and so shubhendu says there are religious ways that man has found of contact with the divine and something so beautiful a prayer which rises from the heart a prayer that is written it doesn't matter it's not about whether that prayer is uh, being answered or not but i have put myself in contact with the divine 
Now the mother knowing this gives so many other things just to come in contact with them. Morning we are talking about AIDS. And when we speak about AIDS, we speak about the inner AIDS. But out of compassion, outer AIDS, photographs. We think they are just photographs. Somebody asked Shurabindo that I am staying far away in Mumbai and when I look at your photographs and the mothers, is it okay if I concentrate on them? Is it? Uh, he says, yes, it's very much uh, helpful for the yoga. Just imagine and uh, something of the mother is there in her photographs. These are mother and Shurabindo's, I mean. Shobindo's words and the mother's words. So, it what is a photograph? It's an external aid. I know people who just simply looking at the picture of the mother's eyes was their first contact. So, when we try to look at things this way, then there are so many ways that the divine speaks to us and wants to come near us if we know how to listen. So, photographs, mother's music, Savitri, her reading of Savitri, the object she has touched we don't realize it's uh, it's something she has given. See, when we go to somebody's home, in, in everywhere, it's a, it's a part of our not just custom and tradition, but we give we bring something and we receive something. So she also, when she gives, it's something very beautiful. It's it's a touch, concrete touch. So all these things, which are part of the aids. And there, look at here, the beauty is that the divine is reaching out to us. It's not we are who are trying to reach out. Divine is reaching out to us just to play her music, Sunita's music. Uh, so beautiful. It's an effort because we have to go and switch on the tape recorder or at least, you know, with the remote we have to, or we have to probably sit. But yeah, it's an effort. But just imagine how rewarding this can be. I can tell you from direct experience. Just listening to Savitri music uh, by Sunilda, just letting it play in the environment. So, there is an effort to come in contact with the divine. Then there is the effort to receive the divine. For instance, knowledge of the divine. So, of course, the books are there. But just reading books is not enough. Books help us. But the mind should be ready to receive. And what does the mother advise when we read Sherwindo's books? She says, read a little at a time, read every day. Do not try to understand. Now that becomes very difficult for us as human beings. We want to read with a dictionary by our side. And she says, why she says do not try to understand? She says, receive it in quietude and that the words will do the work of transformation and create new brain cells if necessary for the understanding. These words are too powerful. They need to be they do the work of transformation. She is not using transformation in a generic way. The brain cells, it will create new brain cells. I think that time people didn't believe that the uh, neurons can continue to grow. It's a much later thing. When I learnt about it, I was so happy. See, she knew it long back. That the dendrites can continue to grow and create more and more complex neurons. Because when I was studying MBBS, it was said, no, no, no. Once a neuron is formed, that's the end of the story. But she said it will create new brain cells necessary for understanding. So normally we think reading is not an effort. It is an effort. It requires it, conscious choice. We make take out time and we, we sit down and read in quietude. And then uh, she says, don't let the mind get into all kinds of discussions for the moment. Receive it in quietude because what is being given is something so vast, so profound.
when we try to analyze it with the surface mind, we are likely to miss the point. So it's very good to read and let the understanding emerge. It's true of all works of Shobindra and the mother. And all this I can recount with uh, numerous examples. So I'm not getting into that because that's a whole journey. So the effort to receive the divine. Then to get the mind freed. So this effort has two sides, negative and the positive side. Negative is to free the clutter, clear the clutter as they say. So once after a long talk on Shurabindu, someone asked me, Sir, which school of Vedanta Shurabindu is about? So I said he has gone beyond schools. <laughs> so <laughs> please don't fit him into a school of Vedanta. Then is it Tantra? I said, can we get rid of all this business of Vedanta and Tantra? Okay, I know that there are schools of Vedanta. So Shurabindu once made a remark about the life divine. He said, well, if you want to put it, you can say it is realistic Advaita. <laughs> Try to figure out what it means. So basically, our mind is full of preconceived ideas, notions. If God is there, it means this. If divine is there, uh, it means this, that. So many notions, ideas. Uh, he has a penchant of uh, acting in utter liberty and that's something so beautiful about the divine. That he doesn't fall into a standard format or formula that we may construct for him. We may go to a church, a temple and of course I don't even need to mention a mosque and we won't, don't find him. But he may suddenly catch us in the middle of a battlefield and say here I am, come. Let's play war, war, battle, battle together. So we have this preconceived idea as Arjun had. But sir, you are a pacifist, I believe. You are all peace, shanti mein. How can you create war? No, no, sir, I will follow Gandhiji and all these you know, thoughts. And he may say, well, hold on. <laughs> I do what I will and what I will is what I have seen. And what I have seen and will, that I create. Are you ready or not ready? You tell only this much. Don't try to impose your notions on me. Look at the way the Gita starts. In one go, all the notions, preconceived ideas of what divine is, what he can do, what he cannot do, how he should behave. Even we have fixed standards of conduct. Rama and Krishna are not divine because they have not behaved according to our human standards. Even some people say Christ should have vanished, done some magic. How do we understand the ways of the divine with all these notions? So that's why people who live with strong moral, ethical notions, they are good as they are at a certain stage of evolution, cannot understand the ways of the divine. When as Shubhinda says in one of his aphorism in that story of gopis and uh, dresses, he says that, um, some people see in it the sublime mystic love where you abandon everything in front of the divine. Others see in it uh, nothing but flirtatiousness. And he says people bring what they have within onto the divine. So this clearing the mind, this is the negative side of the effort. Just to be quiet and sit, this is one of the very, I think it is the smallest prayer in prayers and meditation. Um, and the moments passed in this towards the silence of eternity or something like this to sit at thy feet in silence is worth centuries of felicity it's not an exaggeration 
with the divine mother her own experience when she sat at the feet of shirbindo all these constructions went away to just sit at the feet of the divine to just think for a moment that you know shirbindo and the mother's feet are here and we just sit at, at those feet so what is it it's it's a, it's a practice some people would say it's imagination but even imagination opens the door that's beautiful thought opens the door feelings heart opens the door so when we keep the mind quiet and receptive how to make it quiet there also the divine the mother would tell us that simply by the contact of the divine it becomes quiet it hushed the mind is hushed to a luminous omniscience so these are ways and means to come in contact and receive the divine the heart must be ready to receive the divine so all our heart strings are tied in 100 directions so of course we are not asked to cut those strings ruthlessly like a merciless person but to transmute them into strings of gold there is a line in savitri all we are joined to all by golden links and this is a perfect example i mean every year for me i'm sure for many of us we meet after after a year and there is such a joy there is never a feeling ki bichhad ke kab se mil rahe as if you know we were separated there is such a spontaneous instant joy a feeling of being always connected together and then when we go away it's not like we are missing something externally because there is a deep connect which is joined whereas look at the other kind of meetings which we have where oh my god i am going to meet for such a long time then there is sorrow suffering all kinds of things so this deeper bond with which we can connect with the whole creation with those who are in our um, often people ask that can i pray for those who are uh, near and dear to me husband wife child friends why not we want the whole earth to wake up to the divine glory why not those they have been brought in contact with us for some reason we don't know why there is some logic operating behind it and now that people are there in our life we might as well everything we offer but what we should not do is try to convert them this is the most dangerous business converting people god doesn't deal with it so this is man's creation leave them free but at the same time to make an offering of everything that enters our consciousness offering all into that sacred fire with a will to purify there is a beautiful prayer in the uh, upanishad which speaks about you know uh, every day we pray for everyone and everything sarve bhavantu sukhina sarve santu niramaya every morning we can pray for everybody we can pray it's an effort but it, it makes us wide every morning when we pray for everything look at some of the mothers prayer she speaks about the earth waking up to a sublime glory so when we pray like that when we try to bring everything in contact with the divine by an offering and such people are required it may sound very strange imagine if there are some people in 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 this world or at least in america or in a place uh like greenville or wherever we are staying we are praying for all the inhabitants and creatures that they come in contact with the divine what would it mean the mother prays for creatures of the sea when she is traveling on the ocean for the creatures inhabitants of the sea for those who are on the board for those who dwell in the house this is the wideness of the heart 
we are not leaving this for that but we are turning everything towards that great divine consummation so this is the way the heart gets ready to receive the divine and then life must be ready and this life um, is all the time busy like a monkey jumping from one object to another watch the discussion going on on a table for 10 minutes so it will start from the i don't know what it would start with something how's the weather today it will end up with people fighting over politics this person should be there or that candidate should be there now our life is like that it is distracted gone into so many directions and if only we could gather the entire life and say whatever it is let the divine will be done we don't know we don't understand with our own limited mind it should be this or it should be that but may the divine will be fulfilled so when does that happen when this monkey mind there are so many things which have been spoken about the monkey mind but i have my own take on it swami vivekananda speaks about the mind like a monkey sitting on a pole on a boat which is in rocky waters laden by storms so the state of that monkey is the state of the human mind so he recommends meditation <laughs> but uh, meditation is difficult so i have a simple take i mean it's not difficult <laughs> i have a very simple take my take is turn the monkey into servant of the lord so what does he become he becomes hanuman <laughs> that is the difference the same monkey restless energetic when he turns into the service of the divine he becomes hanuman that is the difference you know so this is where we have to turn this life energy into serving the divine how do we do it it doesn't mean that uh, we only in one particular when we are giving a talk on sharabindo we are serving the divine <laughs> we must remember they to serve who stand and wait when we are listening to a boring talk and quietly remembering him maybe give this speaker some sadbuddhi <laughs> then also we are serving the divine even when every day work that we are doing if we do it with this idea this to be the idea behind that it is service to the divine imagine cooking the food with the idea of serving the divine who is going to eat divine is going to eat i mean it may look like okay this is all conventional story shabri story and all that but look at mothers one of her uh, prayers so one the last prayer before she leaves uh, Uh, you know japan and she has given a whole comment on this prayer a very interesting story background to it but the prayer runs like this since man refused the meal that i had prepared for him i have offered it back to thee o lord and you came and sat at the table graciously and received it with joy just imagine to prepare food with this idea that i am giving it to the divine so it changes our entire outlook in look the way we deal with this world completely so this offering of all we are all we do surrender is an effort in its own right shubhendu speaks about it even the baby cat he spoke about the baby cat shri ramakrishna spoke about it the mother speaks about it 
even just to be in with the mother cat and let it take us around wherever it takes there is a trust implied that well you are taking me through all these situations and circumstances you know best so all these are part of these inner psychological efforts when life offers itself people often say that you know what is the best prayer to serve the divine is the prayer of the body our life should become a prayer whole life from morning till night it should become a prayer and from night till morning it should become a prayer it should be such a prayer that at night whatever happens our spontaneous uh, impulse is to call the mother so it becomes a prayer calling the divine becomes a prayer so this is one kind of effort at different level psychological effort of offering but deep inside there is another effort which is the spiritual effort and the spiritual effort is what shurabindu reminds us aspiration rejection surrender aspiration is very deep inside because most of the time we are not even aware we may think that okay we, there is a conference going on and we are going to attend the conference but there is something deep inside which is aspiring we are not aware because we are not in contact with it it is seeking something we are not conscious it's the inner innermost sanctum sanctorum where this flame is burning so even as i said in the morning to guard faith like a priceless treasure it's an effort and there are several each stage has its own effort when the seed of the divine is sown into the human consciousness it must be watered with divine love the psychic being in us must be given its own food when we read mother nishur window when we read take their name it it is like food to that psychic being when we when nature the furrowing process through which the soil is tilled in human nature when all our notions go topsy turvy it's also a preparation and then when the seed starts coming out as a sprout we have to ensure that animals don't come and eat it away so wise farmers put a fence we think it's all okay it doesn't matter whom we meet what we do chacha ke bete ka shaadi hai you know somebody is married some party social gathering it's part of be a, be a part of society so we must conform to it well we have to make a choice because mother says sometimes she has seen very promising people who lost because of the company they kept so much which is not against friendship friendship is beautiful but what is important is to know whom we should be friends with so goodwill for all should be there without a doubt about it even for somebody who is harming us we should be full of goodwill because after all divine is working in such a person also we may wrestle if necessary if if nature has or destiny has put us on to a point where you know the person is standing against me and i often give this example that in the war scenario being from the air force background military background that is you know, the sentinel who stands opposite the soldier on the other side has no enmity he is not fighting for hatred he is fighting because he needs to preserve the borders the sanctity and the security of his own civilization so it's important for him but it doesn't mean there is hatred and anger and all that so this is how even with everybody we should have goodwill but friendship is not something which uh, can be with anyone and everyone uh, all kinds of things uh, probably i don't know how it is here but in india 
the great fat Indian wedding and celebrations and um, here it's probably partying and things like that. I don't know. Uh, I have been out of uh, touch with all these things for decades. I really don't know. But I'm just saying that, you know, things where we lose. He says, sometimes in one night one loses much that one has gained. There are robbers of the deeps. Their uh, description is given in Savitri and also in uh, Secret of the Vedas that there are robbers who come and steal because they know here is the treasure. And they know, they have their own mechanism of finding out where is the gold hidden, where is the locker. And many times fifth uh, um, row columnist who will walk with us and they are stealing and robbing. Now this not to make ourselves frightened because the divine is with us. It's just to exercise basic care and caution. This is a treasure. One doesn't just let go of this treasure just like that. Of course the divine is infinite. His love, he will give us whatever, you know, and necessary. But from our side, so vigilance is part of the uh, effort and a very important effort. Sincerity is so important. Why is sincerity important? Because it is sincerity, she says, opens the door. So we may go at the door. You know, there's those Indiana Jones movies. One of them was where the cup of Christ and only to a child it can be given. Why? Because the child doesn't want the cup for some personal profit or benefit. So why am I seeking the divine? Is it out of ambition? Is it out of something else? Etc. Etc. Sincerity means one is to be transparent before the divine. One, it means that. Not to hide things that are inside. If we have ambition, we should tell the divine. Take away this thorn from the flesh. <laughs> so, but not to go there and say, See, I am wearing a nice dhoti. I hope you are impressed. I am a holy man. Look at the color of my dress. You will say, I am seeing the color of your heart. It's not too bright. <laughs> so, this is about this inner contact, the sincerity is about whether what I am seeking, I am genuinely seeking. Or is it just a facade? Is it that I want the divine for some external gains? So all these and many more aspects, I already spoke about the inner attitudes of endurance, perseverance, victory comes to the most persevering. Sometimes the best thing is held back for us till the end. Because it, if it came very early, probably we lose our heads. So the divine knows when to give, when not to give. So aspiration, rejection of all that keeps us away from the divine. There is no moral, ethical rule here. But a very wide formula. Whatever will keep us away. The Gita even goes on to say, stay away from the company of those who are hostile to the divine. Or those who inflict doubts. Especially when the as I said, the tree is a sapling, it's growing. Stay away from the storms of passion which may just overthrow. So these are not uh, rules given simply so that we can uh, let this flame grow beautifully and brighter. Be in the company of that which will help this flame to grow. And of this company, human beings are little, be careful. And then, of course, along with rejection comes surrender. So this is the triple effort that must go on inside us, aspiration for the divine, not to be mixed with ambition and um, as he says, if your faith and aspiration are mixed with ambition, it's a low and smoke obscured flame that cannot lift upwards to heaven.
Similarly, rejection at all these levels. Why? Because it's too clear to receive the divine. We are so full of our own ideas, thoughts. If we were once to understand that he who stands before us and what wisdom that he has poured through these words, if we can just receive them with that attitude, it will be so wonderful. And it, is, it never makes us lose. The mother says, true surrender enlarges you. It aggrandizes you. Why? Because it releases the divine possibilities inside us. That's what the divine does. But we have to, this surrender has to be out of one's own free will. One thing that the divine doesn't deal with is coercion and forcing. He may do it to somebody whom he says, okay, this fellow is all mine. But he doesn't force. Surrender is to be done in one's own free choice. So this is the effort and as I said, all this effort ultimately is only to prepare ourselves for the grace. And when we reach a point when, as I said, the, the person where we were going to go is sitting in the car, then GPS stops. It may mislead us, but he knows the way. All this effort is ultimately to be able to receive the grace. Otherwise, a little touch and the whole system cannot bear. People ask the mother, that mother um, often, you know, sometimes people go mad and she said it's because uh, of vanity in the nature and people get possessed. And she said, I have, and I have seen it, by the way, but please, it can happen, it may not happen, but I have seen at least a few instances where uh, things which were seemingly impossible suddenly turned completely as if vanished like this. So, um, when she says, I have driven away, chased away these things, but people call them back. So, they call it back. So, that's why this effort is necessary. That when these things go away, we don't call it back, back to our old self. Because the moment it goes away, many times people think it's because of me, my own effort. She says, if you look at this grace which is working all the time, saving us in so many ways from so many things, then there is only one Thing that human consciousness, one response it gives is gratitude. So I think if we can reach that state where we can be in a state of constant gratitude toward the divine. Gratitude for all that we call as good. Gratitude for all that we call as bad or unpleasant. Gratitude for all the ordeals of the way, as she says, are the shortest way to lead you to the divine. Gratitude for everything and then we start opening to this marvelous grace and its direct action. I'll close with one little anecdote. In uh, the ashram has a old people facility. Now there are two facilities, Desiree and Care. So earlier this was Care. So there used to be a person always happy, elderly man in his 80s, and always smiling, always cheerful, Govind Bhai. So whenever we would go to him, he would have written something from Mother and Shirobindo and give it to all the doctors. <laughs> so, and uh, whenever we asked him, Govind Bhai, how are you? We asked everybody and somebody will say, I have this problem, I have that problem. He would say, that's something I've learned from him. I owe it to him. He would say, all grace, the grace, all will by the grace. So one day I asked him, and uh, I mean I knew but I wanted to hear from him and he, he, re he remembered and it's there in one of mother's writings that see we think that things are happening because of my effort and the moment say everything is fine there are forces oh you really believe 
you have done it you are the author of this plot but when we say grace we have automatically involved that protection that which is the real cause real origin of everything so to invoke the grace in everyday life there is no better way than gratitude i may say that all our life hangs between gratitude and grace and very difficult to say what comes first of course grace comes first and as we grow closer and closer to the divine we live in an overwhelming sense of the presence of the divine grace if you are able to recognize the divine grace and if there is a spontaneous gratitude in the heart that means the master whom we are going to meet is already there with us so with this i'll um, close we have 5 minutes if there is any question i'll be happy to respond look they talked about consecration right so when you are working so when you are working for a corporation we know that it's all about profit and loss right how can we take that as a divine work? yes so when we work in a corporate every uh, we'll be working somewhere you know and there would be always each organization will have his own goal so for instance in military okay the goal may be good but ultimately it's uh, again for the defense force in corporate it would be to make money let them do what they want as far as i am concerned this work for me is an expression of the divine um, you know it should be the divine who should express in through me let me take that example that there is a man sitting on the um, uh, desk of a bank you know so banks are also again you know it's ultimately we know what it is about it's not uh, it's all about ultimately money in the larger sense but there is a person who sitting there takes it that this is the work given to me by the mother and i must execute it to my own perfection now you see that was the difference we must have heard about rk talwar he became the uh, governor of rbi reserve bank of india so he was a devotee of the mother and when one day because he rubbed the then establishment on the wrong side <laughs> Uh, i need not go into the details so uh, a message was sent to him that you better resign so he he resigned you no know, qualms so people asked him oh we are so sorry you have to resign he said no 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 i know it's it's good now mother is calling here also i was working for her now also she is calling me and i am working for her he went and lived in the ashram for the rest of his life and um, he opened a consultancy and all the money that he would get he would offer for the mother's work so it doesn't matter what the organization is working for it is our state we have stories where a butcher turns to the bear story in mahabharata where uh, krishna tells arjuna go and learn from the butcher he said butcher yes why because he is living in that state of remembrance of the divine even while he is doing a gori act so again and again it's not the action it's not the organization it's the inner motive and attitude so before we start the work we can sit there mother today you have made me sit here but it means we'll be completely unattached from the results all this nishkam karma whether i get a promotion whether i get a pay hike all this must go away now you have made me sit here let me be your representative and who knows if we do this the organization may undergo a change after all this entire creation has to undergo a change who knows that we may be there that 
by one person's one man's perfection still can save the world there are instances where the mother has said that in a group a catastrophe has been stalled because there was one person who was remembering the divine so when we are wherever we are regardless of this there is a desk or table or as i said we are standing probably at the door and if we can take it that when everybody who comes here let's say standing on the door i am taking an extreme example and everybody who comes is the divine whom we are welcoming into this doorway who knows very silently an occult action takes place so this is the matrix in which we should enter and work and offer that work to the divine and all the riches that come from it we should know that it belongs to the divine so how to use it rightly for beauty for perfection for the divine work in hundred ways we'll be guided once we uh, have the aspiration rather than just spending it only on you know uh, expanding my uh, i don't want to be ungenerous my outer life so this is how we should be living in any space and any work can become a divine work if we do it with the right inner attitude the right inner attitude is not to be focused on the results in terms of how it is going to benefit me to do the work well with an eye on success with perfection and as an offering to the divine now the only catch is what if the company pushes me to get profits by me as and me is that a wrong that's the only catch that comes here well i must still do what is true and beautiful maybe i may lose that job i mean i know people who have gone that way and give that example of talwar to stay with what we believe to be true and beautiful for instance if somebody expect that i tell a lie in a corporate sector it's very common so some people either take that stand that i am going to now fight the organization but to be like a river i am there and when somebody asks me i would not tell a lie at least you know why am i trying to do it to please someone to to maybe take that profit which is going to come to me now that's where the sacrifice comes in so i will refuse to do that and yet there are ways and means to do a lot more keeping that aside if the company is not happy tells me either change your ways or go your way and go your way if you ask me go our way because uh, the little story of isu and jacob never to sell the soul for a pot of porridge it is so true because that price is too much it will weigh heavy upon us it should not be done with a rigid attitude of i am going to fight you no it's okay i have my way and she will find the way all who have gone have gone this way and for this very reason you see why places like ashram or will be created for this very reason so that we don't have to undergo this kind of a because the world is not ready for the divine it doesn't want the divine it doesn't seek the divine it is everything except the divine i mean divine is there but it has created everything for everything except the divine so there have to be few who stand for what is true beautiful good satyam shivam sundaram that's the secular way to put it and the religious way is spiritual way is the divine stand by those values doesn't matter 
how he inspires, how she inspires. Yes. Um, how would you have to How to have? So I'm struggling with mastering economy, unconsciousness, egocentricity. How to learn to have sense of humor and patience? They say um, it takes 12 years for this monkey mind to get a little bit of stamina. Uh, sense of humor. <laughs> or just look at life and you will develop abundant sense of humor. <laughs> it's so amusing to see the things we value, to see humanity walking topsy-turvy on its head, to see calling ignorance knowledge. There was a man called Benjamin Jovit as the limerick goes. He was a graduate from Belial College. He said, all that is knowledge, I know it. And what I do not know is not knowledge. <laughs> Look at this word. Don't you feel amused? Shut in prison boxes. When you come in contact with the divine, it's not just humor, it's laughter. Mother says, laugh with the divine. And for that she gives a recipe also. She says, we must carefully avoid people who are very serious and virtuous. Because they think virtue is perfection and they will end up reducing the whole world, you know, by one particular virtue. So avoid the company of those who are very serious. <laughs> All who have been with the divine from the days of Buddha and beyond, Krishna always smiling to Shorabindu and the mother. You see, when you hear mother's uh, conversation, one thing which you miss in the writing is the laughter. Sometimes the giggle of a child. Laughter. Have you seen when you read the conversation, it'll show laughter, mother laughs. And when you hear that giggle of a child, it's so amazing. So it comes by again by contact with the divine because the divine has a wonderful sense of humor, otherwise he would not have created this world. Okay. <laughs> and all the time, as I said in Kurushetra is giving Gita. He is not telling Arjuna, Arjuna, I have an ashram there, you come there, pay thousand dollars and I will give you a crash course on what is God. Surely there were places like that, thousand dollars course. And Arjuna quietly, Krishna gives him quietly. So he has a sense of humor. Don't you see Gita is sense of humor. One basic practice is equanimity. Equanimity. And even before that, stepping back, what is there really in this world worth feeling sad or tormented about? I mean, of course, we get attached, so we think this is me and mine, but really when we look at it from the larger perspective, always widen the perspective. When we become wide, one of the remedies when we are tormented, the mother says that contemplate the boundlessness of space and the endlessness of time. And this moment will look like a little fraction. Oh life, this too shall pass away. And just hold on to the divine, there are moments and this is 
you know uh, we all go through all kinds of things mother speaks about there is a beautiful passage in volume 2 to know how to suffer to know that all these things are waves that will pass away learn to stand back and step back and see things and uh, this doesn't mean blindness but it's simply to know that well also to know that there is a divine wisdom at work in creation it knows its way one who has made this world is ever its lord our errors are his steps upon the way he works through the hard vicissitudes of our lives he works through the hard breath of battle and toil he works through our sins our sorrows and our tears his knowledge overrules our nescience whatever the appearance we must bear when nothing we can see but drift and bale a mighty guidance leads us still through all after we have served this great divided world god's bliss and oneness are our inborn right if we take this attitude that there is a guidance in creation then all uh, there will be never a cause for uh, ultimate worry momentary worries may come but if we take it that this world is uh, all randomness and chance and then why worry what is there to worry about when you don't even have something which you can call as your own true self so either which we will take if there is divine in creation there is nothing to worry if there is no divine what's the point of worrying okay that attitude <laughs> equanimity equanimity is the watchword in all states physically emotionally psychologically uh, things will come Uh, they will touch us for a while but know that they will pass away know that you are held by the divine mother she never abandons the child know that when she holds us there is no difficulty so formidable the greatest difficulty is we ourselves and nuttiest cases which will not ultimately yield to her transforming touch that's why faith is so important nature faith ask for faith faith grow in faith live with faith as is a man's faith so does he become the geeta okay yes please so i can see god's grace and god's presence everywhere but uh, i want to see him i want to listen to his voice no <laughs> how to hear the voice of god that question i said in the morning 10 minute sun gazing practice at your own risk <laughs> so initially he see this question was asked by arjuna also so shri krishna says see you can't behold this ultimate form that only with divya drishti which is a long process because we can't behold it a little pressure and we grow cranky wonky and wobbly okay so also it's his mercy that he doesn't just suddenly and he's not in the business of showing off see i am god look at this wonderful light are you impressed <laughs> he couldn't care less so you know he it's his mercy that he doesn't reveal like that this is a long preparation but shri krishna says something very interesting to arjun he says wherever you see an abundance of manifestation of something divine you know it to be myself so in nature that's how the what was unfortunately later on told as nature worship where did it come from 
सो ही से नागो में मैं वासुकी हूं आई एम वासुकी अमंग द ग्रेट सरपेंट्स सो इमेजिन दैट देन ही सेज दैट अमंग द रिवर्स अमंग मैन of uh, chivalry and paurush is very difficult to i don't know what would be the english word for paurush uh, chivalry probably or something more than that he says i am ram so there are humans that's how human beings have you know in india there is the custom of the human magnet the guru the deity through these are all manifestations of the divine when you look at a mountain himalayas you are filled with awe and that time you know one can send a heart full of prayer oh unseen shiva who dwells upon its abode so all these will go into the feeding till one day we are ready to see god and that is uh, not easy why because there is a little poem of tagore with that probably we can stop because uh, there is another he says uh, i'll say a little bit in bengali then translate in english jaket uh, is there anybody who knows bengali oh no so you will catch all my wrong uh, nuances <laughs> anyways please bear with me okay so that's why i wanted to know so jaake tumi bahite chaho apar premer bhar is i take over i think jaake tumi bahite chaho apar premer bhar ek e bare sabe tumi ghochaye dao tar na thake tar maan apman na thake tar dhan ekla karo tumi akinchan so basically i may have missed a word here there he says that what you do those whom you want to bear the burden of your universal love how do you deal with them he says whom you want like that you snatch take away everything from him maan pride fame apman na thake tar maan apman na thake dard he can't even say this money is mine he will he will have wealth but it is at the disposal of something you know for the divine work so na tha ki tar man apman na tha ki tar dhan and you make him alone and akinchan nothing which he can call as him his own aniket that's what is meant in the anashraya these words in the geeta anashraya aniket aniket doesn't mean he is living without a house it means he doesn't own a house wherever he goes that's his house and imagine if such a person comes to somebody's house and say this is my house <laughs> so akin chan then he says he you keep him on to the road you put him on to the road and there is nothing and none to whom he can hold on as support except the divine so the question is are we ready for that there's so many voices now we may say part may say yes but there are many voices will deny his prayer rose and sank into the resisting night amid the thousand voices that deny so first he has to remove those thousand voices that deny before we have the indraprastha we must clear the khandav prastha of all the serpents so it's a process but they who have the aspiration will one day find don't be adhir be dhira tamatmastham yenu pashyanti dhira he will reveal in dreams in messages one will hear Uh, of course he doesn't hold conversations like conversations with god no he's uh, when when all the voices and noises of the world have settled and we are no more attracted towards them then he speaks because he is a bit shy by temperament and nature he doesn't push he doesn't thunder sometimes he may do that but generally he is a very quiet fellow very loving very quiet whispers 
rather than imposes you do this this is my commandment he doesn't do like that thank god so we have to learn to tune to his voice and for that we have to learn to detune to all the noises and voices in the world we will close with where we started this light comes not by struggle or by thought in the minds silence the transcendent acts and the hushed heart hears the unuttered word okay namaste